Hi, I'm Nicole. And I'm Rachel. This is the Movement Toward Change podcast. We are using dance as a means to cultivate community and start conversation. Today, we are honored to speak with Kirsten Kemp. Kirsten is a mindset coach for ballet dancers based in Austin, Texas. She has a variety of certifications from the International Board of Coaches and Practitioners and a BFA in ballet from the University of Utah. Kirsten is a former professional dancer with the Oklahoma City Ballet and creator of Twin Talk Ballet, an online community of over 2,000 dancers. She is also a ballet instructor on faculty at Balanced Dance Studios, in addition to guest teaching across the U.S. and instructing many dance students privately. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. It's my pleasure. I'm so glad to be with you guys. So could you tell us a little bit about your journey to this point and was there a specific event that has shaped your career? Oh yes, there are so many. I, I like to think of um, kind of my journey as having a lot of seeds being planted in my mind where I never thought I would ever end up doing what I'm doing now, which is mindset coaching for dancers and teaching, but my primary work is doing mindset coaching. Um, first off, like what the heck is mindset coaching? Who even knows? It's, it's kind of not a job that a lot of people have or know about. It's comparable to maybe what someone would call life coaching. And growing up, I had no idea what that was. I just knew I wanted to dance. I wanted to do ballet. I had this one track mind. Uh, yet when I, of course, look back on all my years pursuing ballet so seriously and so passionately, I can see now how the gears started to turn in my mind and how I eventually was led to this path and this work that I'm doing now. Of course, most ballet dancers who really get serious about it from a young age, like I decided at around 13 with my twin sister, I was dancing with her. She's my only sibling and we're really close. We, we still actually live together today. Um, although I feel like saying still is a little bit misleading because we had many years apart. Um, but anyway, so I remember she was like, Kirsten, um, if we really love ballet, we should do this professionally. And I was like, oh, what? What is that? How do you do it? That's crazy. And so at about 13 or 14, I decided this is, this is my life's work. This is what I'm going to do. So um, I trained extremely seriously. I've always really loved ballet and that's something I feel very blessed with like having a genuine love for dance because a lot of the clients I work with today um, are kind of at a crossroads with deciding do I want to continue with ballet is this a healthy thing for me um, because it's become mentally really overwhelming and challenging for them and with many of them they've come to realize that they just decided to dance because it was something they're really good at. And a lot of teachers were like, hey, you're talented, you should be a professional. So they kind of did it out of obligation. Um, and so I'm just very grateful to say I had a very genuine love for it and I still do. But anyway, like around when I was, I'll just mention kind of a couple of pivotal moments if that's okay. Um, when I was around 17, I ended up training at the Houston Ballet Academy. I moved away from home. I was training really seriously. And that is, it was a really awesome learning experience. Um, but I ended up learning that even though I had all these amazing instructors, like I was learning from 
the best of the best. And I had, I was in one of the top schools in the nation or some could say the world. And so it seemed like I would have every reason to be performing better than I ever have. But I ended up getting so overwhelmingly stressed out because some teachers were very, very hard on me. They had super high standards. And that was one of those moments where I saw myself mentally and physically basically disintegrate. I started to get crazy injuries back to back, um, just extreme pain in my body. I felt like I couldn't even learn combinations well, despite the fact that I was always kind of labeled as being one of those smart dancers. I could learn quickly. And I just saw in that moment, like, wow, from what was happening in my mind, my body really followed accordingly. And my ability to perform well also was following accordingly. Not necessarily for the best, um, like in the best way. Um, and then later on, uh, I ended up going to college at the University of Utah. Uh, my confidence really soared again because I was very fortunate to have instructors believing in me. So there was luck, you know, kind of like an external force impacting my mind. Um, and that felt great. I saw my dancing really improved, my mental health really improved. Um, and then it was around audition season, my senior year of college, where I had already auditioned for companies before. Um, so I kind of knew what the process was going to be like. And I was not necessarily feeling extremely stressed about it. I was just being objective. I was preparing and I noticed something. I just kind of had this like awakening moment, <laughs> another seed planting moment, recognizing how powerful our minds are. Um, I was just in the hallway, listening to some of my peers in my class who were also seniors. And they were talking about auditions coming up, audition season. And they were talking in such a predictive kind of way, like, this is going to suck. This is going to be horrible. The spring is going to be so rough. And I knew these dancers, they're my friends. I knew they had never auditioned before. So I just had this moment where I thought, where did they learn that? Where did they learn that audition season was going to be so rough? What if it were exciting? How would I personally respond differently? How would I act differently? How would I feel differently? How would I dance differently? If I was asking myself, how would I dance if I were excited? What if this were an exciting opportunity? And it just totally was one of those moments where I was like, wow, they're predicting how it's gonna go. And over those coming months, I saw that sadly, many of them just became more and more stressed, more and more discouraged less and less hopeful. And, you know, I happened to have a really, really awesome season. I was motivated. I was excited. And um, I ended up performing better that audition season than later audition seasons. <laughs> so that was a moment where I was like, wow, the power of the mind, man, it's legit. <laughs> um, and then the last time I'll mention or moment I'll mention in my career uh, kind of trajectory is um, there was a moment once I finally got into a, a company at Oklahoma City Ballet where I had a really tough knee injury I was going through. I had knee surgery, I couldn't walk. So I decided I still wanted to go into the studio and watch my peers dance. Um, social connection is really, really important. We know more than ever these days. And especially being an extrovert, I just really valued being around my people. So I didn't care if, you know, maybe I thought I was going to get a little discouraged because I couldn't dance. I just thought I want to be around them. So I went and I just noticed 
as I just got to sit there and just observe everyone, I had never been so amazed at what us dancers could do. I just remember thinking, I haven't been able to straighten my knee in like three months. And I can literally not imagine what it would feel like to do a releve on point. And you guys are like flying through the air, doing double fuetes, all this stuff. And I just had this another moment like of awareness, like, wow, what we can do is absolutely amazing. And I remember this one moment when I was admiring one of my peers who is a super strong, like powerhouse kind of a dancer. She's so magnetic and you just want to watch her. She was doing this Grand Allegro across the floor. And I was like, wow, this girl, she is on fire. She's amazing. I love watching this. And instantly after she does her last soda shot and she runs off, she was right next to me. I see her countenance instantly drop and she goes, well, that sucked. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, how on earth could you interpret your own dancing like that? And I saw that she was discouraged. Again, I saw this impacting her mental health. Um, and I just thought, okay, during my time while I'm injured, I just want to be an encouragement. I want to tell my friends what I see in them. And soon enough, after a couple of weeks or a couple of days, people started coming over to me and they're like, I just need a good Kirsten talk right now. <laughs> and I ended up feeling really purposeful, just being some sort of positive force in that company. Um, and it just was another one of those moments where I was like, again, wow, mindset, what do you know? So important. Um, and I also noticed how impactful it was for me when I was feeling confident and when I had trust in my body and in my mind, in my recovery on those days, I would be able to do so much more pain-free when I would have self-doubt come up, when I would have stress come up, it would instantly uh, manifest as tension in my body. So I would have physical pain and it inhibited my ability to perform. So I just, those were just a couple of pivotal moments for me where I recognized dancers need support and education in how powerful their minds are and how they can actually shift their mindset for optimum performance and mental health. So yeah, I know that was a long answer, but those are just three of my favorite moments I like to share when I recognize like, wow, dancers need this. No, that's so awesome. You were able to like internalize that and realize in the moment what was happening and the power of the mind. That's so cool. It's crazy. Um, so what advice would you give to other dancers looking to make a career change? Great question. I love talking about career changes. Um, and I know it's kind of funny, like when I talk about what I do, when I just try to give a short answer, I talk about um, mindset coaching in order to help dancers achieve optimum mental health and performance. But at the same time, I also work with a lot of dancers to understand, or well, I'll say walk them through the transition of deciding what they want their future with ballet to be understanding what choice is right for them. Is it the professional path? Is it going to college and figuring it out? Dancing for fun? Whatever it is, I help them to really feel confident in the decision that's best for them. Um, and so, especially this year with COVID happening, um, understandably, a lot of dancers are wondering, do they want to be in this unstable career anymore? We're seeing a lot of the challenges of being a dancer and. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us are 
just from being disconnected with the studio and the stage, getting disconnected from why we're really doing this. So for um, a lot of dancers I've worked with this year, they've actually come to me asking, you know, can you help me through this career change and this career transition? So I've been talking about it more. Um, anyway, so some top pieces of advice I would give to dancers who are contemplating a career change is um, very simply, I'll just give the broad overview. I never like to just leave it as, as a little catchphrase, like know who you are and what you want. Boom. Isn't that life-changing advice? No. Oh, I tell you guys, I like details and I like context. So for context, I'll say knowing who you are and what you do want. And thirdly, what problems you enjoy solving and are good at solving. And the reason why I, I mentioned these three things is knowing yourself in, for example, a way that you can do this is um, by, you know, questioning actually how, what aspects of my identity does um, ballet allow me to express or how do I feel like I can express myself through ballet? And that kind of might uh, give you some insights as to personality traits or identity traits that feel authentic to you maybe descriptors of yourself, you can start to understand what is important to me about ballet. In other words, uncovering your values. Values are not only what's important to us, but these are the factors that motivate our behavior. So understanding kind of a, broadly who you are, what makes you, you. And part of that process is also kind of dissecting who are you not? because so many dancers, when they're pursuing another career, they are actually still so motivated by trying to actually fulfill this ideal self-image that was really handed to them. Like, hey, you can't be a failure. You, you decided to stop dancing on your own. Mm, you know, that sounds like failure to me, guys. So this dancer might really be overly motivated to pursue a career that looks outwardly successful, because on the inside, they're still trying to resolve that sense of failure they feel from leading dance. So understanding um, not only who you are, who you're not, you know, um, but also problems you enjoy solving. So really, essentially, all jobs are people getting paid to solve problems, whether that is um, like, for instance, I was just watching some YouTube videos as I uh, was eating lunch today. And I thought, you know, some people might see that um, career as a YouTuber as like somewhat vain and meaningless. I actually think it, it can be meaningful because look, um, I'm not necessarily going to call like silence as I eat my salad a problem, but let's just use that terminology for a moment. So if I say, you know, I would prefer to be entertained right now. They're fulfilling my need or my desire for entertainment any sort of career, like accounting, there is a need that you are fulfilling, a problem you're solving. And what's so cool is we as dancers can look at what we were good at in ballet and almost look at our behaviors and our performance in, in our career in ballet and see personal gifts. See, um, maybe it's for me when I was dancing, I realized that one problem I really enjoyed solving was like I had mentioned, I would see my, my peers getting discouraged and seeing themselves in a really uh, detrimental and discouraging kind of light. And one thing I really enjoyed doing was helping them to resolve that by reminding them, hey, this is what I see in you. 
or what's causing you to think that, you know, helping them kind of unpack that. So um, understanding what, who you are, what problems you enjoy solving is really helpful. Um, and also just generally understanding your values. In other words, what is important to you? What was important to you about dancing? What are you thinking is important to you in terms of the next career you choose? And you might come up with answers like in a journaling exercise, like um, security. I see so many dancers pursuing a career that really fulfills what they didn't like about ballet. It's very reactive. I didn't like that ballet was so unstable for me. So I want a career that's really secure. Now, a secure career in and of itself can be an objectively great thing. Um, however, if you are making this decision so reactively based off of what you didn't have before, you might choose something that is, you know, one of the first things you think of as, oh, that sounds stable. <laughs> that sounds secure. I'm going to go for that. Whereas you really might not be happy doing that. You might not be fulfilled. You might not feel productive. You not, might not feel like your personal gifts are used best in that career. It's just um, that career would give you the thing ballet didn't give you. So that's why in my coaching process, I really take time to examine dancers' values and understand which ones are fear-based or avoidance-based and which ones are genuine, which ones are positively motivated. And I work with them to resolve the fear-based values so they feel like they can move towards just looking at what are they good at, what do they want, um, what objectively um, are some positive outcomes they're looking to achieve through their career, and how can we fulfill those values in a positive, productive sense for them. I'll say I also have a YouTube video that breaks, um, breaks down four common mistakes um, that many dancers make when choosing a second career. So it's on my YouTube channel, Twin Talks Ballet if anyone would like to check that out. I like that concept of thinking about what you enjoy in ballet or what characteristics ballet has helped you within the career. Cause I think sometimes it can feel very separate for dancers. Like I'm a ballet dancer and now I need to do something along with dancing or just change completely. But it's like dance gave you so much already. It kind of set a whole foundation for you to keep right. moving that forward. Right. It's never a waste. All that training was like character building <laughs> and even if it taught you what you don't want that is okay sometimes just taking action and determining okay that didn't work I don't like that that is okay that's valuable information and feedback all the same and um, one thing I find super interesting as well not to talk too much on this point but I see a lot of dancers feel as if their pursuit in ballet has been selfish it's been so self-centered that then they're like oh I should try to help people with my work. And when you have, and this is very common, kind of a narrow definition of what it means to help people in your job, you might be inclined to just do what you see other people doing. Like, oh, if I like dance and I want to help people, I'm going to become a physical therapist, <laughs> which is great. Nothing wrong with that. But if it's one of the few options you've considered because you feel as if, well, naturally, if you danced and you want to help people and helping people looks like meeting the end user you're helping, then you might feel as if that's the only option for you. Whereas computer programming helps people all the time, even though a computer programmer might not ever get to meet the end user they're helping. So I would really encourage dancers to explore 
and expand their definition of, for instance, if they have a value for helping people, see how they can expand their definition of what that might look like. Definitely. Um, switching gears a little bit, in terms of your mindset coaching, what would you say your job entails? And do you have certain hopes in this, for this new generation of dancers in their mindset? I have lots of hopes, lots of dreams. So very simply, I'll say that my job primarily, I kind of like to describe it uh, in terms that relate to people pretty well. You could say it's similar to life coaching. I like to say my work um, in that I work as a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming and it's the techniques I use can be very therapeutic. The process can be very therapeutic. So I like to describe my work though. I don't have these qualifications. So I'm not claiming to be a therapist by any means. They're two very different things. It's kind of like therapy meets sports psychology together, you know? So I'm helping performers really um, get to an optimum sense of well-being in their minds by helping them acknowledge um, their insecurities, if that's affecting their performance, or perhaps it's self-doubt, or maybe they've had experiences from um, working with a specific ballet teacher that really impressed upon them that they'll never be good enough. And that sense of, I'm never going to be good enough, is not only causing them to push themselves past their physical boundaries, mental boundaries, personal boundaries, whatever, emotional um, to prove that they're good enough, you know, but it's really um, motiv motivating them constantly out of fear and stress, which is impacting their performance. So that's an example of how I might help a dancer in um, helping them get to an optimum state of well-being in their mind, um, usually for the goal that I can also help them um, implement different strategies and shifting their mindset to perform their personal best on a consistent basis, whether that be just for fun, taking class, or in what could be seen as a more stressful scenario, like auditioning. Um, you know, if you get to an audition and you're so stressed out of your mind and you haven't mentally prepared for this process, chances are your performance will crumble. And then you'll walk away like, gosh, I flew halfway across the country to go to this audition <laughs> um, and I didn't perform well. And that's a really defeating experience. So essentially, I'm helping dancers to not only achieve an optimum state of well-being in their mind, um, what we might call mental health these days, um, but also giving them strategies to perform their best. Or um, I could also help a dancer transition, like I said, from making the decision about what their future with dance is going to be and how to move forward with that. Um, and I have some different uh, levels of where I'd like to take my career going forward in terms of um, eventually, I have this dream of creating a program that trains teachers on how to use their language to motivate and to help and teach students to perform effectively without motivating them through fear, guilt, and shame because this is a big problem I experienced in my training. So on a broad level, I would like to create change within the ballet industry by training teachers and um, even directors, anyone who is on that higher level of staff influencing dancers, um, implement change by um, training them to use their language to create safe environments. I'm really passionate about that, especially as a teacher myself. Um, so I would like dancers to feel safe and cared for in their environment, safe to explore, safe to genuinely connect with their love of dance without um, picking up these really detrimental uh, habits mentally of you know constantly looking at what's wrong with them when they look in the mirror 
oftentimes our, our minds as dancers are actually programmed from a young age to look for what's wrong with us. And whatever you're going to look for, you're going to find it. <laughs> and so um, that's one dream I have. Um, but more generally, my hope and dream for dancers out there is that culturally, we are going to experience hopefully a shift in redefining and opening up um, the definition of what it means to be successful as a dancer. So often dancers are like, man, I love dancing, like me at 13 or 14. Naturally, what I should do is I should try to become a professional. I was very fortunate in that that path, that, that path really did feel right for me. I was very passionate and I did find a lot of fulfillment from pursuing it and doing it. Um, but there are so many other dancers out there who love to dance and they've been sold this one picture of what success looks like, whether their body needs to look a certain way, you need to get into a certain company, you need to dance professionally and you can't just dance in a professional company. You also have to get paid for it to count. And then once you get paid, oh, then also you need to get like soulless roles. You know, we're always moving that, that measure, but I would want us to have a culture in ballet in which um, dancers are encouraged to have autonomy and how they define what a successful, a successful and fulfilling journey looks like for them and their bodies and their desires and their hopes for their life. A culture in which success can be defined um, by the individual and there's no shame in that. Um, and well, I'll say lastly, like in addition to having safe environments and that shift culturally, um, it's really, really important to me to share the message that dance really is about, for me, sharing joy. It's sharing, it's an experience that we can be so grateful for. It's a celebration of the bodies that we have, the way that we can connect with each other through this mode of expression. It's really so amazing what we're able to do. And I just want more dancers to remember that. Coming back to the root of dance, like it, yeah. it's evolved in so many wonderful ways, but there's some ways in which it's shifted a little bit from that reason of like, we love it so much because it's our yeah. passion. Yeah. Then it suddenly becomes like when you start training professionally, something you have to do, a standard you have to live up to. There are all these have tos. Like I have to do this. I have to be that. And um, if your genuine love and passion for the art doesn't um, outweigh the amount of burden and obligation that comes with those standards, then I say it's perfectly fine to dance for fun just because you love it. Because <laughs> that can be so overwhelming. Definitely. Um, so kind of backtracking a little bit, but how does a shift in the mindset influence our dance practice and when might we need to make that shift? So I would say um, just as a point of awareness for dancers to have, it would be helpful to consider shifting your mindset if you notice that you are consistently motivated to go to class based off of a thought of, I have to, or people are going to notice that I'm not there. I have to, or else I'm not going to burn enough calories that day. I have to, to be good enough. I have to, you know, for X, Y, Z. Um, if you're feeling so burdened by any sort of motivation you get um, 
that's coming from a, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing well enough. I haven't achieved enough kind of a place. First off, that's a, a standard that's extremely vague. So I would say an example of how you can shift your mindset in that moment of noticing, hey, that's that motivational structure. It's not really working for me because what if I have done enough for the day, but I'm so um, used to examining what I haven't done, what's wrong with me, where I'm not yet, that um, maybe you feel compelled, even though you're going through an injury, to be on the elliptical for 45 minutes after a long day. <laughs> you know, if you find yourself in that place, maybe examine, are you motivating yourself through fear and scarcity? Um, and so an example of how you can shift in that moment after you become aware of this pattern is first off defining what is good enough and where did you get that idea? Was it someone else's idea that you're buying into? And remember that you have a choice in how you define good enough for yourself. You really do. And if the environment you're in is handing you a definition of good enough that is really oppressive for you, quite frankly, if it's really oppressive for you, then know that you do have the freedom and the choice to choose differently, to put yourself in another environment. You don't need someone else's approval. I know we know this, but do we feel this as truth that we don't need someone else's approval to have permission to be confident or have permission to take control over our journeys, our lives, our dancing, and how we want to express our art. So first, remembering, defining, defining what is good enough, what standards are you holding yourself up to. Um, secondly, is that a standard you want to choose to keep as a measuring stick for yourself in your life? Because you can redefine that. Remember, you do have a choice. You don't have to live so reactively. You don't have to just be handed a mindset just because your peers think that way doesn't mean you have to either. You can become a positive influence in your environment. It's crazy how like when you start saying, you know what, I'm not going to talk negatively about myself. I'm not going to self-deprecate in front of other dancers. It is crazy the shock I've seen on dancers' faces when I've been in a group and they're like, oh, I don't like this about myself. I'm having a fat day or whatever. And they see that I just simply am not participating in it. You know, everyone's kind of going around in the circle and I get a look like, aren't you going to say something? I'm like, nope. <laughs> you can really, really, through shifting your own mindset, also dance for more than just yourself, act for more than just yourself and influence your peers as well. So um, I don't get very passionate about this, but that's just an example of how you can shift your mindset. And from that place of redefining good enough for yourself, you can make it measurable. You can make it specific. You can set up daily actions that allow you to actually tangibly get to those specific goals. Um, and that can actually, when we feel like our goals, our outcomes are attainable and we have a roadmap to get there, you're going to feel empowered. When you feel empowered, you're going to be taking class with your best energy, your best effort. Um, you're going to want to go instead of feeling like you have to go. They're two very different energies. One can really inspire creativity and excitement to be there, gratitude. The other, um, scarcity, not being good enough, fear, self-doubt, all that stuff. Um, and even think of how those two mindsets change your physiology too. Dancing is body language. Dancing is physiology. So if you shift your mindset to be um, motivated 
based off of what outcomes you've decided for yourself, what is important to you, how you want to dance, who you want to be, you're going to be a lot more confident because you realize you have the power to choose that. And chances are you're going to be a lot more motivated in class because demotivation comes from having an outcome that you think you should have or be or do, but feeling and believing as if you probably or you just can't get there. Our minds are very helpful in, in shutting down a possibility when it really, our minds are trying to help us in that we get demotivated when we believe, hey, I can't do that. And so your mind's like, huh, of course you can. Okay, I'm just going to zap out that energy from your body and put it somewhere else. <laughs> our subconscious minds are kind of like followers. I don't want to get too off track here. But um, that's kind of one example of how demotivation happens. Maybe it's coming from a belief that you can't. So your body's like, well, if you can't, why should we try? So to kind of to shift our mindset, we have to first notice what's happening in the mind to, yep. to make those adjustments. We've been talking mm -hmm. a lot about mindfulness on this mm -hmm. podcast. It kind of keeps coming up. Like you can't really do any, you can't really make any change until you notice what's happening in the present and what needs to happen for that change to occur. Right. You can't get out of the box until you recognize that you're in the box. Yeah. I really like that idea of just kind of keeping your goals in check too and making making sure they're empowering and specific enough to be achievable. Yeah. Individual dancer. What advice would you give to your younger self? One of my favorite pieces of advice is, well, I would first tell myself, hey, what you're going through um, is something you're going to be able to use for more than just yourself. And that would be really exciting to me, hopefully at the time I was really struggling. Um, but one of my favorite pieces of advice I'd give myself and listeners as well is recognizing that, um, especially if you want to pursue dancing uh, as a professional career, a lot of us feel like, well, how do I just not care what people think if part of my job is, uh, you know, making sure people actually do think well of me and my dancing, you know, objectively, that is part of your job. Or even like you guys, you're in college. It's like you want to get probably decent grades. And so you do have to care what people think. Um, and so my advice isn't just, hey, stop caring what people think. <laughs> Because when you tell someone to not do something or to not think something or to not be something, not do something, whatever, um, that's not really helpful unless you tell them what to do, what to be, you know? Um, you can't just not be something, do something. <laughs> you need something instead. So anyway, one of my favorite pieces of advice is um, people will feel about you and your dancing what you feel about you and your dancing. Humans speak actually mostly through body language. That's how we communicate. That's how we transmit the meaning of what we're trying to say with our words and with our tonality. A lot of it is coming from our body language. Um, and dance is so cool because it's like body language taken to the extreme. And humans are also very intuitive. So we can sense if someone has conviction behind what they're doing. We can sense if someone believes what they're saying or they mean what they're saying with their words when they say it. And oftentimes that's indicated to us through our body language and our tonality. And so when you think of your dancing as body language, if you 
feel on the inside that you are enjoying yourself, that comes out in the way you're expressing yourself. People can see it, people can feel it. And when they feel that, you are actually suggesting to them that that's how they should feel about you. So oftentimes dancers are kind of stuck in this cycle of waiting for someone else's approval to then give them permission to feel the way about themselves that they wanna feel. But it can actually work in reverse. You enjoy your dancing you be proud of yourself you be confident in yourself and i know that's easier said than done that's why i have a job so um if anyone's confused on that you can get in touch with me uh kirstenkemp.com nice plug (laughs) Uh, but anyway so um, but it's so cool that if you first just as some it could be as simple as just enjoy what you're doing today and you're going to be able to share that feeling with other people. It will translate. And dancing, like we watch each other to enjoy it, right? No one tunes into a ballet performance to be like, I want to be stressed out for them today because I'm afraid they're going to fall off their point and break their ankle. <laughs> no one does that. We just want to see people enjoying what they're doing. We want to see people feeling something. So tap into what you want to feel and what you want to share. And it's crazy. Um, how many people you can inspire through your art. So switching gears a little bit, um, how has artistry influenced your career and how do you advise dancers in finding the balance between artistry and technique, particularly in ballet where technique is, might be heavily emphasized? Yeah, I love that question um, because of course I, 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 I like to think a lot. I like to analyze it. I've thought a lot about like what draws people to ballet. It seems to draw a particular kind of person who loves structure and they love discipline and they love clearly defined kind of outcomes. Almost like a, a lot of ballet dancers are somewhat drawn to kind of more objective, logical, black and white thinking. Not all, not all, certainly not, but uh, I've kind of observed this, especially in myself. And I've thought, wow, what's so interesting about ballet is there's such a fixation on technique. Why do we like that? And at what point can we actually make this thing an art if apparently this art is so quantifiable? Because a lot of people define art in some way that involves the nature of how art is. Like the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It's not so quantifiable. Um, But there's something about ballet that mixes the quantifiable structure with art and artistry and individuality, despite the fact that we have this technique and we have the structure. So what I love about ballet and how I kind of merge the ideas of technique and artistry is that technique isn't the end goal. Rather, it is a framework that we can, that actually, the more we strengthen our technique, the more options it gives us for how we can express ourselves. Think, if you only knew how to do a few movements, You can only do so much with that artistically. Or if you only have a back that is so strong, you can only get your legs so high in arabesque, for instance. And so through strengthening your technique, you give your body a greater range of motion. You give your body more stability, which gives you more opportunity to play with the dynamics, hold a a passe releve a little bit longer before you move on to the next thing. So technique, unleashes more possibility, but it is not the end goal in and of itself. And I've kind of really enjoyed 
transferring that ideology into my work now or in a lot of other things I do. I think that competence and excellence, I see it similarly to technique. It's super useful because the more competent you are, the more possibilities you open up for how you can use that competence to, for instance, in my case, help people. If I only knew a few little like questions I ask people or a few little journaling exercises, then I could only go so far in how I help dancers. But I'm constantly expanding my mind and my education and my skill set so I have more possibilities. So that if a dancer comes to me with a very unique situation, I haven't experienced before or witnessed before, I might have new skills to help them. Um, so in, in addition, like with the how does artistry impact my career question, I would say like this year has been a really awesome uh, example or it's kind of highlighted my answer to that question, which is like creativity is a part of artistry. Recognizing that creativity is how you use your personal choice. Creativity is something you choose to engage in to create more possibilities. So with this year, um, put, putting a lot of us online in what we do, um, instantly it got me really creative when quarantine started because I thought, okay, I still do want to teach ballet. Does anyone want to do private lessons online? That sounds so weird. I don't know. turns out a lot of people do. And that creativity and artistry I'm used to having and engaging with actually made me excited to think, okay, how can I shift? How can I create something new that's like its own exciting thing, not just a like, oh, we're just doing our best to cope with quarantine. So I ended up deciding to create a program that merges mindset coaching with technical instruction. So I would do private lessons with dancers over Zoom from all over the world. And I would also talk them through um, how they mentally associate to certain steps that they have trouble with, like pirouettes. And then we would do some mindset work around that. And then soon enough, they'd be doing easily double pirouettes on point, triple pirouettes on point with consistency and confidence. And so, yeah, that's, that was just one example of like how I really enjoyed using that creativity that I think is connected to artistry in my career. You know, it keeps things fresh and exciting. I think that's wonderful that you were able to teach a class using kind of your dancer skills and then help them through those things from the mindset coaching perspective. It, was, it provided them with a new lens to view their, their work. Yeah, it's been super fun. It kind of connects to when I was talking about how I was just dancing full time. And I thought, oh my gosh, mindset, it's so important. It's affecting everything. Um, but there weren't really people that I was aware of supporting dancers in that way or educating in, them in that way of how to optimize their mindset. And so it's been fun to, I, and I still do this program, by the way. So if anyone's interested, they can contact me uh, through my website. But uh, yeah, it's been really fun to work with dancers as they're moving, as they're doing something they're comfortable with. We're also exploring like, how are you mentally associating to what you're doing? And how can we change this to help you um, be more confident in your, in your movements and more competent? Mm. Strengthening the brain and the body at the same mm -hmm. time. Yeah, it's been really fun. Um, what advice would you give to dancers to avoid burnout? To avoid burnout? would say definitely know what motivates you back to that discussion on values um, 
not only knowing what is important to you about ballet, like this is actually an exercise anyone can do um, just to get started and understanding your own mind and why you're doing this thing. If it's so hard and you're feeling burnt out and it, this exercise as well can kind of illuminate if you're staying in ballet for reasons that are more detrimental to you than helpful. Um, and that's something for each person to decide for themselves. Sometimes burnout is a great reminder to take a break. Sometimes it's something that just with a mental shift and a shift in approach and perspective, you can keep dancing and work through that. Sometimes it's um, kind of alerting them to the, the reality that deep inside, they know that it's time to move on, but they're just a little too scared to, or a lot too scared to. It's scary. <laughs> I know I've been there. Um, but one exercise you can do is just um, get out your little journal or notepad and say, what is important to me about ballet? And you might say, expression, achievement. And just keep asking yourself, what else, what else, what else, what else? Come up with like 10 to 13 things, however much, like go to town. And then just read over what you wrote circle the ones that really stand out to you. And once you kind of highlight the values that are most motivating for you, ask yourself what is important to you about, for example, achievement. Why is that important to you? And the reason I highlight that as an example is it used to be a really strong motivating factor for me personally. But when I ask myself, why? What is the purpose of achievement? For me, it was proving my significance as a person. When I really got down a couple layers deep or a lot of layers deep, I realized it was making my family proud. And my family is very loving and supportive of me. So when I told my mom and dad this, they were like, girl, like we wouldn't care what you do. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's something you can do to then once you ask yourself, what is the purpose of each value that you circle? you're gonna to start to see that some reasons might actually be motivated by fear or avoidance, like achievement, because I don't want to be insignificant. I don't want to be a failure. I don't want to um, disappoint my family, for instance. Um, whereas some values might be expression because it just makes me feel alive. And I would really recommend taking time to, once you have that awareness on that sheet of paper, really ask yourself then with those positive values, like with the um, negative values, we'll say, that's something I would recommend working with a professional on. Um, like I definitely help dancers to resolve those fear-based values so they no longer motivate them. Um, but with the positive values that are um, motivated towards a positive outcome, you can just set up like one action that you can take. Here's how I'm going to engage that value in class. Usually that's really motivating. Or you can also um, take time or you can kind of uh, reverse that and say for some dancers, burnout is real feedback your mind and body is giving you to take a break. You can ask yourself, what's so scary about taking a break? get to know your mind in that way and see if there are any fears or insecurities that it's really time to face those challenge yourself, take a break and see what you learn about yourself and about dance. Mm. Kind of doing the thing that scares you and seeing mm -hmm. why it scares you. Yeah, exactly. You can also examine, I'll just leave with um, 
sometimes we're we're burnt out and demotivated because we're trying so hard to live up to a standard that on the inside we have internal conflict about because we really believe we can't. Again, going back to the demotivation idea, if you have something on the outside, you're like, I want to do this. It's a good thing. I should do this. Um, but on the inside, you have a belief that's in conflict with that. Your body will actually, you know how you can like physically feel demotivation. It's not just thoughts that come in your mind. It's like you have no energy. You feel like you're dragging yourself out the door. You take a lot of deep, like <sighs> kind of breaths throughout the day. <laughs> physically, you're feeling this. So examine is there something that is there a belief about your abilities to get to these standards or these goals, these outcomes that is incongruent with the actual outcome? Mm. Um, on, on a similar note, is there a certain approach that you recommend a dancer takes each day when entering class so that they, they have a fresh perspective and they're really, they're ready to learn. I feel like we've all been in situations where mm -hmm. we enter class and we're just not in the right headspace for that class. And it's not unavoidable every time, but do you have a few tips for being in that headspace that's productive and propels us forward? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I've been there many times. Usually what I noticed as a dancer is when I would feel like I'm just dragging my feet getting to class, I don't want to. I don't want to do this. I'm so tired. Uh, we all have those days. What I noticed is mentally the language I was using was, I have to go to class. I have to make sure I get that attendance. I have to push through this injury, whatever it is. All these have tos, or I should just do this. I should. I have to, these um, simple words that seem very inconsequential are actually indicative of a whole mindset of I'm obligated to do this. I don't have a choice. There is nothing exciting here. This will be a struggle, all this stuff. And so in those moments where I used to experience that, I mean, I say I used to because it's like been a minute since I've taken class for myself. I would love to get back to that. Um, but anyway, so in those moments, what you can do to prepare your mind for a class that is energizing and exciting and purposeful is you can ask yourself um, just some really powerful questions to put your mind towards um, what it will discover, what you're excited about, what you would like to explore. So just asking yourself, um, what makes me choose to be here today? Reminding yourself, hey, you choose to be here. You can choose to not go will there be a consequence yep but you can still choose not to remember it's a choice so tapping into not only the remembrance that hey you have a choice not only to be there but how you want to engage starting with a foundation of gratitude just tap into like what's something i'm grateful for in being able to dance um Maybe it's just, hey, that I'm able to dance. <laughs> um, but then setting your mind to task on what, asking yourself something like, what am I fascinated to explore in class today? What do I want to experiment with in my movement? Uh, what's something I really enjoy in ballet class that I'm interested in seeking more of? What do I want to learn today? Uh, what approaches do I want to try out? These are all, you know, want was in almost every single one of those questions. And your mind actually will help you find something you want 
to do, you want to seek and want is a word of motivation, of course. So that's just asking yourself good questions, leading with gratitude, remembering that you choose to be there or you can choose not to be there is usually very helpful. So interesting to think about the, even just the language you use when you're talking to yourself really just completely reframes the way you look at things. Totally. Yeah. What is the number one piece of advice you would like to give to the movement toward change dance community? Mm -hmm. Um, First, you get to define what success looks like for you as a dancer or fulfillment looks like for you as a dancer. There's not just one way. There is no one definition of success or example of what it means to be successful. Um, I use that word because a lot of dancers do connect with the word success because ballet can be so like black and white. You do it right or you do it wrong. You're a good dancer or you're a bad dancer, you know? So remember you can define that for yourself. Uh, And in addition to just being grateful, going back to kind of my experience that I shared, not being able to straighten my knee for three months, I recognized how absolutely amazing it is that we're able to do this. And um, any sort of experience, I'm sure any person who's been injured uh, connects with that experience of being like, okay, wow, I took that for granted big time um, while I was able to dance in that way. So be grateful and remember that if you aren't happy with something, whatever that may be in your dance journey, don't wait until it's bad enough to change it you can take charge and change that for yourself. I know the word that is very general, but I hope that connects with somebody out there who's listening and maybe you're thinking, you know, I'm not happy with the studio I'm at. Maybe this is a time to virtually try out another studio um, or explore just a different path of dance. And in this moment, is there a specific quote that speaks to you? Yes, actually, I, I found one this week that I was like, oh, yes, that's good. So... A lot of dancers uh, say things like, I just have to be focused. I have to focus on this. Focus, focus, focus. And focus seems like such a serious word. Like, focus is just something you do out of sheer effort to force your mind into thinking about this one thing. But usually when we try to pigeonhole our minds, it's actually thinking about everything else that we didn't want to think about. So um, what I loved in this quote that I'll share is I Sadly, don't remember who shared it. I tried to look it up and nothing helpful came up on the internet. (laughs) But it said, focus is fascination of the mind. So if you can be fascinated by something, your mind will naturally focus on it. It will be enraptured by that thing. So if you can be fascinated by the exploration of your own technique, your own artistry, fascinated by the different tones of the music you're hearing, fascinated by um, how quickly you can learn the exercise that the teacher is sharing, your mind will naturally go to that zone of focus so much easier than when you're telling yourself, focus, dang it, you have to focus. You can't get caught, you know, with your mind in the clouds. You have to, you know, so it was just focus is fascination of the mind. Boom, that simple. Um, so if you have further questions for Kirsten or would like to schedule a coaching session, you can contact her through her website, kirstenkemp.com. We will also put this information in the show notes. 
Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. And oh, I forgot to add, like if anyone wants to watch my free YouTube videos online, um, I'm, I can be found at Twin Talks Ballet on YouTube and Instagram. Awesome. Just we'll put that in the show notes as well. Oh,